In this podcast, we have conversations about personal experiences with loss, grief, and unexplained spiritual encounters. Whether it's a dream, a visit, a vision, or a newfound life after loss, we believe life and love never dies. This is Surviving Death and Dying with Trisha and Misty. Welcome to the show. Today, we have a special guest, Dina Schwimmer. Dina, we are really excited to have you here today, and we are looking forward to hearing your personal stories and how you coped with your losses. Well, thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited to share my experiences with uh, death and dying with you and, and with the audience. Dina is a licensed marriage and family therapist here in Los Angeles. So Trisha and our listeners, I am sure we have a lot that we could learn from you, Dina. We're so glad you're joining us today. Well, I think you have a good idea of what we talk about on our show. And we would like to know if you have experienced any significant loss in your life. Yes, I've I've experienced two significant losses in my life. One was my maternal grandmother, and the other one was my mother who died of Alzheimer's almost four years ago, and my grandmother was 18 years ago, but it still holds a very um, strong and significant part of, of me and my experiences with death. Can you tell us a little bit more of the the story of how maybe your grandmother, your mother died? Like what significant part of that? Well, the significance for me started with the idea of intuition and how intuition is something that we're not really taught or nurtured to pay attention to. These experiences really showed me how important it is to follow that gut feeling even if you don't understand where it's coming from and why it's showing up. I have a very close relationship with my grandmother, but it became closer after this intuitive experience happened to me. I was at work one day. I start work at six o'clock in the morning. It is not usual for me to make phone calls during work, but I had this feeling that I needed to call my grandmother. It was so strong and I was busy with work. I kept on putting it off and then I couldn't ignore it. So I went to the phone, I gave her a call and something was wrong. She had had a stroke and she lived by herself and nobody knew that this had happened to her. So by me calling, it got the wheels going to get an ambulance to her house to take her to the hospital. And she lived In Los Angeles terms, she lived really far away. She was out in Camarillo, which was a good hour away from where I lived. And I understood that there was no reason that I called her other than that I knew in my gut that I needed to talk to her. After that experience, she moved closer to LA and we really had developed a relationship that was deeper than any other relationship I had with a grandparent. You know, she didn't understand why I saved her life, why I was the one that called her. 
And we had a lot of really deep conversations about connection, spirituality, intuition. And we had this wonderful relationship for about eight years. Once again, my intuition kicked in. I was going to Europe. The week before I left, I knew that I needed to see her every single day before I left. Every single day after work, I'd drive out to the valley. I'd I'd make dinner for her. We'd watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. I would spend time with her and then I would go home. And right before we left on the trip, I said to her, and, and there was no reason why I would say this. She wasn't in bad health. She was recovering from her stroke. She didn't have full function, but we had no idea that anything was imminent with her. But I said, you know, I understand that if you need to leave this world, I'd like you to wait until I get back. She said, okay, but there was no context for any of this. She was fine. We went on our trip. I bought her this beautiful rose lotion from Harrods. I came home and gave it to her. And we went back to our normal routine. I get a call from her caregiver a couple of weeks later. And she had woken up that morning singing. She woke up really early one morning singing. We were all heading out of town to celebrate my dad's 70th birthday. And the caregiver said, you know, go to sleep. It's early. She went back to sleep and she had another stroke. So the family all came in. She was sent to the hospital. They said, let her come home to die. And so that's what we did. I spent three days with her. I never went home. I used this lotion. You know, she had the softest skin in the world. And so I rubbed her feet and her hands and I, I couldn't leave her side. I just knew that I needed to be there. On my dad's birthday, it was 6.30 in the morning and everybody had tried to get me to go home that night to go to sleep, to get some rest because I was sleeping in her room. And I, I said, no, I just can't. Like, I know that something is coming. And that morning, everybody came in to say hello to her and they left and I was sitting with her and that's when she died. Oh, wow. I felt like she gave me the most significant gift in my life to let me be the one to be with her. She left this world to hold her hand as she was leaving and the calmness in which she left made any kind of fear I had about dying just disappear. She was surrounded by family and love. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. It's still, you know, 18 years later, it still brings a lot of feeling up for me. I miss her terribly. I still do. I begged her for years to come and tell me that she was okay. Because her dream was always to be reunited with her sister. The thought was that when she dies, her sister will greet her wherever she ends up. And it was 10 years, almost to the day that she passed, that I had a dream of her and her sister wearing like uh, flappers outfits, 
standing in a driveway watching our family come in for a family reunion. And she and her sister were like in sepia tone and the rest of the family, I don't know that they saw them or not, but I saw them. And the rest of the family was walking into this beautiful home to have a family reunion. And I knew in that moment that she was telling me that her and her sister were together. They were watching over the family and that they were happy, healthy, and content. That's really beautiful. So this, this happened first when she had a stroke, but prior to that first stroke, you didn't have that kind of psychic connection with her, right? It was, there wasn't an incident or one thing that started it. It was a very typical, you know, grandmother to grandchild kind of relationship. She loved to cook to show her love. You know, we never visited enough. You know, I would call her on the phone to say hello, but it wasn't as if it was something that we did daily or weekly. You know, I was caught up in my life and my career and busy in a relationship. You know, we would get together for family get togethers, but of course those never happened enough. But there was something about that experience of calling her that awoke in both of us this connection that had never existed at this level before. That is so special. I want a dream still. So I want a dream for my, my family, but I'm so happy that other people have gotten those. I waited 10 years. (laughs) It took a long time for her to get back to me. (laughs) I might have to wait that long too. (laughs) That's really good to know. Cause I think uh, when we looked into dreams and when people show up, Trisha was, you were worried that after a certain amount of time, you wouldn't hear from your mom, but how long has it been since your mom passed Trisha? My mom passed away in 2012. (gasps) See, it could, it could still happen. Right. And I find it so fascinating that it opened this door and this relationship with your grandmother. But then you said that continued for eight more years back and forth that being aware of her, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's really neat. And I'm sure then when it first happened, you must have, like you were saying, you weren't sure, but you knew to act on your intuition. But after a while, you probably got used to knowing or recognizing that you were picking up on something about her. Yes. I got to know her as a person, not only as a grandmother, but a more nuanced and deeper side of her. You know, she had a very hard life. She had a a fascinating life and there were things about the way I lived my life that she appreciated. And there are ways in which she created a tradition in our traditions in our family that still exists to this day. Her influences have been really beautiful and great, even throughout her hardships. And I got to see her be angry, angry that she had a stroke, angry that she had lost so much. I got to see her sad, uh, happy, joyful, silly, all these ways in which we see our partners in relationship, but we don't necessarily get to see family. And that was really special for me. And I think that it was really 
significant for her to show that part of herself, her really authentic, her real authentic self. How does your, your mom tie in with all of this? You had a significant loss with your mom as well. My mom had Alzheimer's for at least 12 years diagnosed. Um, she had been misdiagnosed for many years before that. Part of the intuition is recognizing when the universe is sending you information or is allowing you to be open to whatever is, is coming your way. And I say this because there are things that I didn't understand at the time. And in hindsight, they have shown up to me with such clarity. During the recession in 2008, I was working in the printing industry and it was hit really hard. And in 2009, I lost my job. Having never not worked, it was a really huge blow to me. And yet the day I lost my job, a support group that I had been attending for quite a few years, the lead of that support group was going on maternity leave. And she called me that day, not knowing that I had just been let go and asked me to cover for her as she went on four month maternity leave. And I jumped at the opportunity. And that way in which the universe opened up for me changed my life forever. It moved me away from a career that had pretty much run its course and opened me up to the world of caregiving, the world of Alzheimer's disease, and how to be of service to others, which led me to go and get my master's at 48 years old, led me into becoming a marriage and family therapist with the specialty of working with people diagnosed with this disease, but also caregivers. So this experience allowed me to be there for both of my parents in a way that I could never have been there if I had been working. And with the support of my partner as well, all these balls that were hanging in the air really came together. And it allowed me to, once again, create a relationship with my mother in a way that I could never have done and she could never have done if we were living our lives just as our everyday, you know, going to work, taking care of our families, having social lives, all that sort of stuff. It's funny how life does that. Yes, absolutely. It took me, um, you know, some time to mourn the loss of my old career and then embrace what my life was going to look like moving forward and the excitement of it even as I was watching my mom decline and my father really suffer as a caregiver, I felt that this was an opportunity that was presented to me and I could not pass it up. You are um, just a perfect example then of how you can take what life throws at you when they say lemons and bake lemonade, so to speak, which is very inspiring and hopeful. I hope for a lot of people that are currently grieving, it's always wonderful to hear how things can turn around kind of a new leaf in life and a new outlook, being open-minded and, and I guess, willing to see that too. These experiences, even though they hurt so much, you probably now wouldn't trade them for anything. 
I would not. I would not. I, I see my grandmother and my mother as amazing teachers for me in my life. And to be able to be on this 12-year journey with my mother as she succumbed to Alzheimer's disease, I learned something from her every single day from that experience. The fight that she had, the advocacy that she had that, that I embraced, the sadness of loss, and, and also the joy of embracing whatever came her way. With this disease, you are living moment to moment. And to watch somebody be able to navigate that, even as their brain and their body is degenerating, the embrace of being in the moment can be profoundly life-changing and give new meaning to the life that you live as you watch somebody you love go on a separate path. Yeah, my mom is also declining in that way, which is actually how I met Dina. I've been fortunate enough to be part of a support group that was able to transition to Zoom over this last year, where it's really helped me because it's, I feel like losing my mom to dementia is a a different type of loss of a parent because she's physically still here and yet I'm losing her. And that's something that Dina knows very well. Um, Dina, you were saying then this experience, and I'm, I'm curious because I'm thinking through the relationship with your grandmother and your mom, that your grandmother, that was a, a whole different thing prior to your mom getting sick. And then you're, you dealt with your mom for 12 years. Yes. Is that right? Yes. Did they over, did that overlap at all? Or was it one then the next? No, it was one and the next. But my grandfather had Alzheimer's. So I had seen that show up in my family, but I didn't have the connection with him that I did with my grandmother and certainly not with my mother. And and so my involvement was, it was a very different time and the family dynamic was very different as well. So that part of our family history was something that I didn't really become involved with because it wasn't a way that I could. When my mother was diagnosed, though, the universe opened up so that I could show up for her in ways that I didn't even know I was capable of. And I think that's, that's another way in which intuition really showed up for me in that I could be there in whatever way I needed to and trust that I was doing it in a way that was coming from love and kindness and mindfully being present. I think that's key being open. And I, you know, I want to say to anybody who's going through grief right now, that's just something you do have to go through. And there is nothing any of us can do or say to eliminate the grief, but there is hope and being open-minded like you've been, Dina, to what you have been feeling, your intuition, your instincts, and letting that guide you is what is so beautiful that came out of that. And it is, I could see how that's affected and changed your life in a, in a beautiful way. Thank you. It's, a, it's very complicated when you're mourning somebody who's still alive. And that's a whole nother show, I'm sure. <laughs> 
Yes. Yeah. We both have been dealt with stuff like that with my mom seeing her slowly decline as well of yeah. seeing that loved one yeah. slip away from you. What have you found that helps you cope with all the losses of your loved ones? For me, honoring the emotions that I am experiencing. What I've discovered is that grief is nonlinear. You can read about the different phases of grief. Um, you can experience them, but they don't happen in, in the order that uh, they're listed. And I know they have to be listed in an order, you know, in, in a book. But the truth of the matter is that they will come when uh, these emotions will show up whenever they need to show up. I experience them. I know that they're not going to last forever. They last for however long they need to be. And then I move on to whatever shows up next. You know, it'll be four years in July that my mom has passed. It used to be that there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't think about her. I think about her a lot, but it's not every day. I find that in the quietness of night, there are times when the grief is really heavy. I let myself feel it and then I'm okay. I know that, you know, we talked about how dreams play a part in connection. And once again, I was drawn to asking her to show me, to tell me that she was okay. My fear, my concern was that she died with this horrible disease and I wanted to know if she was healed. The first time that she reached out to me, it was a flash of a photograph of her in her younger, as her younger self. She was probably about 30. And it was a flash of her then. And I knew instantly she was telling me that she was okay. And since then, she showed up in like snippets of dreams, always as her younger self. And that's given me great comfort in knowing that, first of all, I didn't have to wait 10 years. <laughs> much better. Yes, much better. And that she's okay. That's a really interesting. Did you, prior to losing your grandmother and your mother, did your belief of what happens after you die or life after death, um, was it different? Has it changed because of these experiences? Well, you talked about Many Lives, Many Masters. Yes, I love that book. I do too. Um, and I read it probably like 20 years ago. So the idea of reincarnation has been something that I have always been open to. So did it change my belief? No, I think that it, it really helps me feel more grounded and rooted in it. I don't believe in heaven or hell. Frankly, I believe that we create that here on earth. I agree with you 100%. I believe that um, we are all pieces of a higher being, be it God or however you want to define it. And that when we pass from this earth, we reconnect with that consciousness, with that higher power. Yeah, I love that. So that's what my belief is. And that's how it still stands today. I love that. You know, my mom was a very traditional Christian by the Bible and my dad was the more exploratory, open-minded. So I think I grew up with kind of a right down the middle, like, who are we to know? And I would say to anybody listening, you know, just, just be comfortable with what makes you feel safe and secure right now. 
And if, if things seem too scary or too woo-woo even, that's okay if they're not for you yet, or you don't want to believe that way. But for me, it was a, a comfort. And like you were saying, I wasn't raised to believe in reincarnation, but I remember thinking, why not? You know, it's like, and what I believe in it isn't going to change whether it happens or not. So it's kind of fun to think about. And I think in a sense that you don't want to live your life as if it doesn't matter because you get to come back. I look at it more like I want to do it right. So I don't get punished when I come back. (laughs) So So you don't come back as an earthworm. (laughs) Yes. I think there's some karma in there somewhere and I just want to play it safe. (laughs) I'm like you, I think hell's on earth. And I will often say when, when I know something terrible is going on in someone's world here on earth, I'm always like, well, that's not my world. That's been my answer before is that's just not the world I'm meant to be part of. So if it's horrific and, and, you know, torturous or whatever, that is that person's hell in a way. Yeah, I agree with you. And and I think, you know, to anybody listening who is, is struggling right now with grief and wondering where their family is, being open and like you're saying, be in your in the moment, appreciate and, and recognize the grief. It's going to happen. I think I think on and off for me for a decade, maybe with my dad, there is no timeline. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to be okay with that, to be open minded. And if these feelings and dreams come to you and bring you peace, that that's okay to go with that, that that means something. And that's really special. And I love that you've had those experiences and you're close to your mom. And I, I think Trisha is excited to think that she could still get a visit again from her mom. Yeah. My mom, my dad would either one, I'm open to see both of them. So (laughs) I can't wait till I can have that day. And, you know, to, to know that for each of us, it's going to look different. You know, there are some people that have the, the idea that, you know, the pennies that they find or a hummingbird or a butterfly. That's not my experience, but that's okay. Exactly. Mine are the butterflies for my mom and my dad. And I know that when it shows up that I know that it's mine because I trust my intuition. I trust the, this knowing of trusting the intangible and that it is not everything has to have an explanation like a scientific explanation that the explanation can be about spirit soul and trusting that you know that you know and then whatever words you're comfortable with whether it's god or universe i think they're all the more i look into it and study it too the more i think they're all the same thing just different descriptive words or pronouns And you said something interesting because signs are interesting. And I haven't had a lot of experience with that either. I do believe in them. I hear about them, but I've heard people say they can ask their loved ones for signs. You actually asked your mom to appear to you. And that just happened through a dream, right? Did I hear you say that you were asking for your mom to let you know she was okay? Yes. Yes. I had asked her to let me know she was okay. And it took her a little time to to let me know. Maybe she had to figure out how. (laughs) Yes. I think that uh, time for us is probably very different in time for them. So uh, I was patient because I knew that my grandmother finally reached out to me 
And so I knew that I would hear from my mother too one day. I wonder if there's even a learning curve on the other side. Mm. We're not just born into this sudden all-knowing that we're just ourselves. We have to figure out, okay, you know, just like when we came into this earth and had to learn how to walk, even if we'd been here a hundred times before, Yeah, there might be a learning curve when we move on. I think there is uh, probably a learning curve because nothing comes to you straight out, even through the Bible, you will see that it takes, you have to learn how to do it to get to that next level. Right. And I think my dad, when he came to me in dreams, I think he had good intentions, but I don't even think, you know, he did them all with the, you know, the best possible way he caused concern and worry for me. Like when he, when I was pregnant with twins and he said, you want to meet your baby girl? And then I was terrified I was going to lose one of my twins (laughs) and Mm. that wasn't it at all. I had a baby girl after the twins and the twins were boys. So there were these years I had in the middle that I, I was so worried. What? did that mean? You know, I I think his intention was good, but then I just chalk it up to, okay, I can't expect just because he's on the other side that he's all knowing and knows the right thing to do. (laughs) He meant well. And it speaks to the idea of time and if time is linear or not. That's a good point. It's how we count. It's how we see life. I didn't think about that. Probably when your baby was born at that time, your baby girl, at that time of within his life, Evan or where he is. You know, and that's that's one of the hardest things for me to wrap my head around is the whole, you know, time space continuum thing and how that can change. And I'm fascinated with it, but it's just it it's way above my head. I do believe that time is different and that we don't understand it. And I am fascinated about that kind of thing. But you're right. I, I think that your grandmother coming to you 10 years later may have felt like five minutes to her. There was a weird thing that had happened. I was only 24 when my dad died in a plane crash, but the spooky thing to me was that moment that I think was when his plane crash hit. I felt something, but I didn't know what it was. And it was a couple hours later that we got a phone call. I always wondered what was that? It was almost like, I can't even describe it. I just remember thinking at 24, When I got that call and I found out and I was like, when did that happen? And I just knew that there was just this weird presence in the room that I, I really haven't told anyone about ever until right now. And I never knew what that was until I had heard an, an intuitive or a medium one time say that when someone's loved one died, they were saying they were immediately drawn to you. And I was like, oh, you know, sometimes the person they're thinking of, they just, their energy or their soul or their spirit might immediately go to someone they're concerned about because of, you know, life being lost. And then that always kind of made me go, I wonder, you know, what was happening and I'll never know. Well, I might know one day, but I don't, I don't know. Exactly. With when my mom passed away right before it, when my sister called me, I knew there was something going on, knew something was wrong and that I had to go somewhere and see my mom. So those intuitions, you got to take it and let it lead you to where you need to go. When my mother was dying, it took nine days for her to leave. And she was at a facility and I stayed there for nine days. And there was part of me that wondered if she was staying there because my dad and I were camped out staying with her. And finally, on on the ninth night, I 
I needed to go home. When I left is when she passed. So she passed by herself. And I understood that, that this was not a, the gift I got from my grandmother was not the same gift that I got from my mom that she needed to leave when she was by herself. And I got the phone call at 4.45 in the morning. I got up, I went into the bathroom and the light bulb in the ceiling exploded. And I'm like, lights out. She's telling me she's gone. Because I've also heard that electricity is a way in which uh, communication can be done. This was a fairly new light bulb that was put into, you know, our bathroom fixture. And so there was no reason it it should have gone out. And it, it went out and I knew she's, you know, she's, this is her way of telling me that she is gone. I forgot about that until you just talked about your just got chills. I am so glad you remembered that. That is fascinating. I I have heard about them being able to interact with electronics. I haven't heard of one at the moment of someone dying. And and that is really special. And she clearly was hanging on as long as you were there and needed you to step out. I've heard that too. Um, my my granddaddy's favorite word was poop in a different way. We don't cuss on the show. So, but the story is that, you know, when he was dying of a cancer and he was trying to say something, it couldn't come out. And he just goes, oh, sh-, you know, and my aunt said, oh, daddy, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the last thing you say. And they go, now get a nap. And they walked out and that's when he passed. Mm. And it was the, they felt the same way. They had been hanging out. It wasn't until they left, but I don't think any light bulbs that I know of exploded. So, wow. (laughs) That's a great story. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Have we sparked your memory of that one? Did we leave out any other little great nuggets (laughs) of experience that you've had? Well, I know that when I go to visit her, I know she's not there. So for me, going to her gravesite has not been anything that has brought me really anything. I, I just know I, I just know that she's not there. I don't feel that she's there. And so for me, when I think about her, when a memory comes up, I, I documented her journey of Alzheimer's. So a lot of times those memories and photos will show up. That is when I feel the most connected to her. I think that's a good point. It, they're, you're with them when you think of them. They're with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I go to my parents' gravesite, I can I feel them there. Like I touch their plaques, and I feel them there with me at that time. I know I'm. I believe I'm probably one of the only ones in my family that goes and visits um, their the gravesite. But when I do, I have to touch touch it. Their their plaques and I can feel them there with me. So that gives me the peace, but I understand where if grave sites don't always mean anything to anybody or doesn't do anything for anybody. You know, it's a, it's a symbol, I think, and it helps you focus. And that's, you know, when you're there, you're focused on them, you're thinking of them. I don't think they're hanging out by their graveside waiting for you to show up. Oh no, definitely not. (laughs) 
Um, I used to live across the street from a cemetery and I was not spooked by it at all. I thought it was beautiful. I don't, I don't think the souls are just hanging around their gravesites are actually in your house. So if that makes people feel better now, (laughs) (laughs) right. Give them a spook now. Why don't you? (laughs) Yeah. I don't like, uh, the spooky spirit stuff. I'm all about the feel good spirit stuff. That's what I like. Well, in, in Judaism, there is a thought about death that, that people go through two deaths. One is of the physical body dying. And the other one is when we stop remembering the person who has passed. And so as long as I remember her and and share her with others, my mother will always be alive. And the same with my grandmother. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. Well, do you know, this has been so interesting if our listeners wanted to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? I am on Psychology Today. You can look up my name. It's Dina Schwimmer. And I have email that you can reach me at. It's D-E-N-A at schwimmercounseling.com. And that's S-C-H-W-I-M-M-E-R counseling.com. And I can also be reached on my Google Voice. And that number is 323-451-9313. Thank you so much. This has been really a beautiful way for me to commemorate uh, both my grandmother and my mother and to share how special those two women have been in my life and how they both changed my life in a way that has brought me to have purpose and to share my love of them with with you all. Oh, thank you. I am so glad that you were able to share your story and how their role has really played into your life and your mission in life. And it's a beautiful way to tie it all together. It's very nice. And we'll post your contact information in our show notes, if that's okay. Absolutely. I think since COVID, now that there is Zoom, you are now accessible to people outside of Los Angeles. Is that right? Outside of Los Angeles, but in California. I am licensed in California. Yes. Now, as long as they are physically in California, they don't have to reside here, right? So if they were visiting, maybe? Yes, absolutely. There you go. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Adina. You're welcome. You're welcome. My pleasure. Thank you for the work you're doing and allowing us to share our stories. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's it for today. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So email us at trisha.misty.tm at gmail.com. You can also go to our website, survivingdeathanddying.com for links to the books we talk about. So please like, share, subscribe, and follow. Well, we did it again. We survived death and dying another episode because we believe life and love never dies.